Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today is episode 115 of the podcast, and I sit down with Rosario and Callie Picardo, two of my favorite people on the planet. I've known them um, for many years here in the Dayton area. They are incredible leaders in and out of the church. They're both very active at my alumni, United Theological Seminary, and they have just written a brand new resource that you need to get your hands on, all about Money Talks. Money Talks. I love their title because it's really, if money was going to talk about your relationship with God, what would it say, right? Does it own us or do we own it? We talk about that, the impact that it has on the kingdom, how they uh, preach, teach, and celebrate together. Such a good dialogue with Rosario and Callie Picardo. I know you're going to love it. And if you do love it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts at. Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, whatever device you use, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Also, if you could, we're trying to get to 100 iTunes reviews by the end of the year. If you're listening to this and you thought, man, I got to do that, just go ahead and hit pause right now and leave a review. Uh, It helps people find the podcast to learn more about what God is doing through this platform. So without any further ado, Here's my conversation with Callie and Rosario Picardo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have some dear friends of mine, Roz and Callie Picardo, on the podcast. How's it going, guys? Hey, Tony. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm honored to be a second-time guest now. You had me back a second time, so must not have been bad the first time. So now Roz, you guys might remember Roz's name out there listening in podcast world because Rosario was the second guest I ever had on the podcast. He was episode number two. And uh, when this airs, they will be episode 115. Wow. 115. And and Rosario also came on to talk about a book that he wrote uh, two books ago with Jason Moore from Franchise the Local Dive. So actually, this you're a three-peat customer here, oh. Roz. Oh wow! Three times, man. You're you're an elite company. You're an elite company. You're up there with Dr. Bellini. That's who you're up there with. <laughs> wow. I I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> now, um, I I don't get to have married couples on very often, but one of the questions I love to ask people is their love story. Now, I I know your love story because we're dear friends, but I think everyone out there in the world needs to hear your love story. And I'm going to start with uh, Roz's version first before we go to Callie's. Yeah. So I was a church planter and well, I still am, but I was working out of offices at the time, like Starbucks and different places like that to get to know people and meet people. And I remember I was meeting with a marketing person and as soon as that meeting was done, he introduced me to a meeting he was going to have with a young lady by the name of Callie. And I got her business card and she told me what she did with fundraising. And I just thought she was cute. So I got her card and I emailed her and asked her to grab some coffee. And uh, she said yes, of course. And uh, we went to a Panera Bread and had coffee. And I thought it was a date in my mind. And when she pulled out her business folder and tried to steer everything to business, I realized that I didn't get this right. And, uh, (laughs) my jaw hit the ground. So I'll leave it. 
I'll leave it to Callie to kind of share her version. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I was uh, meeting with this guy. Only time I ever met with this marketing guy, and he just so happened to be finishing up a meeting with this church planner. Said, "Hey, this is Roz. He started church down at." the downtown uh, arts theater and Hey, here's Callie. She helps people with charitable giving. And I, we had some mutual friends. And so he asked for my business card. I said, sure. You know, I'm always connecting with donors and business leaders and ministry leaders to encourage generosity to the kingdom. And so I thought I had a great business connection. We got to the Panera Bread for what I thought was a business meeting. And I thought, oh, he's, he's dressed up nice. Okay. Well, he kept asking me, like, what do I like to do for fun? And I'm, I'm like, well, tell me more about the donors of Embrace Church. That was the name of his church at the time. And when I pulled out that informational folder, his jaw dropped. And I looked at him and I was like, he doesn't have a ring on his finger. Oh, my goodness. He thinks this is a date. But I was on work time. And like. <laughs> I'm not going to be going on a date on work time. That doesn't work. And so I just kept steering it back toward work. Um, you know, I know not all pastors are married. Like at some point they're single. Like you don't, you're not born married, but I just hadn't really known many that were single. So I just assumed. And uh, yeah, needless to say, um, less than a year later, we were married and um, the church did open a fund with the foundation I worked for. So, Hey, Business and win, marriage, it works win, great. Win-win. <laughs> I love it. I love this story because I, I think it highlights uh, how easy it is um, to get tangled up in communication <laughs> differences. Um, and now since then, how, how long have you guys been married since then, Callie? It'll be 11 years next month. 11 years next month. And uh, in 11 years, what have you learned about God through marriage? Mm-hmm. That's Roz, good. I'm coming That's to you next. Great question. You know. I'm coming to you next. Be ready. <laughs> I'd say one of the things I've learned is um, how selfish I am mm. and how much I need God's grace and forgiveness constantly. Um, but I also have the gift of a husband who sees God working in and through me more than I see it in myself. Um, so Roz is always my biggest champion and encouraging me of what God might be calling me to do and asking those God questions that get me praying and get me wrestling and, uh, really help me grow closer to the Lord, but also step out in faith and lead. Oh, I love that. I love that. Roz, what about you? Well, you know, I kind of think of the Catholics and how marriage is a sacrament, right? Mm. And um, a sacrament's an outward sign of an inward grace. And so there's something about it when we live, uh, try to live like Christ, that we learn to serve better. We learn to serve our spouse better and ultimately serve Christ. And so I think for me, yeah, it's really taught me how to be a better servant of Jesus in, in loving Callie and her love is full of grace for me and it teaches me about God with the acceptance that I feel from her. Well, beautiful answers. I, I didn't, I, when you, when this publishes, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to that because that was really well done, <laughs> especially because I, I sprung it on you. Um, so one of the things I know about you guys is that you're you're heavily involved in lots of things. Callie, 
is uh, at v VP over at United Theological Seminary, the, the best seminary in the world, uh, where I happen to be an alumni. And uh, and you also serve and on the preaching team at Mosaic Church. Roz, you do uh, 15 different jobs, at, both at United and at Mosaic Church and with your you know, Picardo Consulting and all the things. I I'm curious, how do you guys stay connected in a world that seems to have you going in a thousand different directions? Roz, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, it's a vertical connection and a horizontal connection, right? And so I would say with God, um, there are times where because of a, I'm an Enneagram 3 and I run, 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 um, I have to be careful that I don't find my value in, in my doing in, mm. instead of being. And so um, I'm learning to practice more Sabbath and not only Sabbath, but um, meet with a spiritual director as well. So that's my that's kind of my vertical connection. But horizontally to Cali, it's, um, you know, we are doing a better job of scheduling date nights, uh, communication. So we just have to make sure to have that time afterwards. Uh, Kelly, any, anything to add there? How, how do you stay connected? Yeah, I'm um, Enneagram One, so finding my worth in the doing, but I'm good at, like, once I get into a good routine, that keeps me consistent. So I'm a, every morning, if I don't get my time with God first, if, like, the kids are up earlier than supposed to. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I need my God time first. And I do a lot of journaling because my mind wanders and gets thinking about my to-do list and everything else that's coming later in the day. So I do a lot of journaling and writing out my prayers. Um, but I also need the spontaneous too, to get me out of my routine sometimes is how I also connect with God. So there are days where I'm like, I just need to go outside and go for a walk and I'll walk and talk to God while I'm walking or changing it up um, helps me a lot too. And like Russ said, we try to do a lot of connecting together, um, especially in the evenings. And, and it looks different in different seasons. That's something that's helped me a lot is to think of life in seasons. So we're in the season with three really young kids who, when we're together, like we can't talk because we'll try to have a conversation. We're like, let's table this till they go to bed because we keep getting interrupted. Like I can't get a sentence out because they want attention and they all want attention at the same time. And so we're building those date nights back in and we used to do them weekly when we first got married, but then with all the kids, we're, we're like at monthly trying to get more to like every two or three weeks having a date night just because we need that time together. And so I, you know, I have the privilege like you guys do to talk to a lot of couples. And one of the things I know is that couples really struggle to work together to accomplish common tasks. For example, in my house, you know, like the laundry, cooking, cleaning. So the thought of uh, the thought of writing a book together feels like it could be one of the most overwhelming um, things that could could even possibly lead to anger, maybe <laughs> a couple of fights. I'm curious how how did you guys uh, and Callie, we'll start with you. How, how did you guys get to a place, or what kind of rhythms did you guys use to to write this brand new resource, Money Talks? Boxing gloves, you know, when we're fighting, you know, just having boxing gloves. That way we don't actually hurt each other. No, we, um, 
it's something I've wanted to do. Roz is really good at like getting us started and like going. And so he just said, okay, now we've got a book contract. I said, oh, so we're actually doing this. We're not just talking about doing this anymore. No, we are actually doing it. He is incredible at like getting started and getting going. And it's, it's my heartbeat. So then I just had to like build in, okay, when am I going to do this? How are we going to write it? And Raz is really open-handed to, I, I'm the perfectionist, I'm the detail-oriented, and he's just like, hey, I'll put content out, you can edit it, you can make it better. I mean, I'm, he knows I'm not going to change anything drastically without checking with him, but he's very permission-giving in his writing, um, but he, I, I would get stuck. I wouldn't get anywhere if it wasn't for Raz. Uh, Raz, what do you think? Anything to add to it? How, how, did, it, how did the process work for you guys? I, it was good. Um, you know, she knows that I'm the starter and so I kind of get stuff going, but I always need people to clean up my messes. That's just, uh, the way it works. But we, you know, we both, both brought a lot of unique content to it. And, uh, I think, uh, just coordinating, you know, when, whenever you're writing, it, it's one task to write the book but then it's another task to then go through edits and go through all of the, and I don't have the patience for that kind of thing, but Callie has extreme patience for it. Yeah. So I did more of the editing and he did more of the, then he, he's great at marketing. So he started getting us going on the marketing side. And so it, it played well. I, um, Tony, when I was single, I had all these requirements for what I wanted and the man I would marry. And, you know, like, six foot tall, um, you know, devastatingly handsome, strong Christian, of course, you know, like into like hiking, maybe, you know, cooking, who knows? Like I had like all these random things that I was, wouldn't it be great if um, at one point I was vegan, I was like, God, what if there was a guy who's vegan too, which you know how many vegan guys there are out there. Guys are like, give me my meat. And finally, I just got to the point where I was like, God, if I'm supposed to get married, will you send me someone we can serve you better together than we can apart? And God really answered that in Roz. And so that that's honestly how we do so much work together is really God's answer prayer there. Oh, I love that. Um, and, and that's, you know, honestly, that's been the heartbeat of you guys since I've, I first met you. Um, I, I'm curious the the timing of a resource like money talks it, after a year of a pandemic and, you know, these things take time. Books take a lot of time. And so um, I, I don't find it coincidental that this is coming out on the other side of a pandemic. Why is it so important right now that Christians in particular um, reset the way we think about money on the opposite side of what uh, is kind of a watershed moment in history when it comes to, you know, social economic, um, you know, events? Raz, you want to go first? Tell me too. You go for it. I'd say, I mean, COVID gave everyone a chance to kind of reset. I mean, now just feels like a good time to start doing things the way you want to do them. And hopefully if you're a Christian, that's in line with God's word. And honestly, with the, the year that has so much uncertainty, so much anxiety, there can be a lot of fear and the temptation can be to like hold tight. Um, but that's not, God, 
wants us to depend on him and not on our financial resources. We're in charge of stewarding those wisely, but also giving generously, saving for the future, but not hoarding. And so to be able to get our heart right before God, and this book is um, about finances. It's very practical, but it is also very spiritual. It is very much more so than the actual dollars and cents and where they go. Where does your heart go? Yeah, and I would say to answer your question, Tony, um, COVID has taught us to do a lot less with uh, a lot less resources or do more with a lot less resources, I should say. And so um, when you can't travel, um, you can't go and eat at restaurants, you can't do any of those things, what can you do? that's an opportunity to not just save money, but be generous, work on yourself. So mm. um, during that season, you could either decide what am I going to do to better myself or what what did I do to maybe be detrimental in, in some habits and hangups and those kinds of things uh, because we saw that with isolation, depression, loneliness, addiction, all those things running rampant. But then on the other end, people said, hey, I'm going to get in shape or I'm going to care for myself better or I'm going to and so it was a huge reset. And I think the same thing can be true with our finances as well. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting idea because the, the church has a funny relationship with money in terms of, of talking about it or not talking about it. Um, you guys both have been around the church world for uh, a number of years, been doing ministry together, you know, pretty much your whole marriage. Uh, Kalia, I'm curious, why do you think the church shies away from talking about money uh, more than maybe just the annual sermon series or maybe just the sermon, (laughs) depending on the church? I I think so many folks are afraid to talk about it. In part, so a couple of reasons. One, it's kind of a taboo topic. I mean, right, you're not supposed to talk about money in a lot of circles. Um, But two... It, it can feel like, hey, I'm trying to get money, especially if it's the pastor who then is getting a salary from the church. It's like, I need to get paid. Is, is it, am I asking it for it for me? And it's that kind of shows a that can we can get into that scarcity mindset and that limited view. When really, if people are giving, it shouldn't be necessarily even to specific. Like it should ultimately be to God. But then seeing that there is God moving in and through the church, in and through that ministry, that, gosh, I want to be a part of what God's doing there. I want to see it advance. So I want to give for that. Um, and then mm. it's it's also talking more than about just generosity, but about how do we steward the rest of those resources, too. I mean, that's why, you know, giving is an important chapter of this book. But we also want to talk about how do you earn money in a way that honors God? How do you save in a way that's honoring God, but that's not going toward hoarding? How do you spend in a way that's intentional, but not wasteful? And I also think sometimes you've got folks that um, either, whether it's the finance chair or whoever is leading or the pastor, that maybe their finances aren't in the best spot. And it's hard to invite someone to go somewhere we're not going ourselves. So I know as, as leaders of the church for us, we want to first be doing it with our own lives. And then we've got a testimony to share to say, hey, we, we're so excited. We've seen God moving in our own lives and our own faith by giving, by paying off debt, by saving. And like we've seen God move in incredible ways in our own lives. We want that for you all. This is not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. Roz, I, I'm curious. Yeah, it, um, I, you know, you're, you're bivocational. 
and you 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 work in the church, you work out of the church. How how has your view as you've dove into this topic more and more? How how has this view about money in the church shifted over the years and the way that you see God working uh, in finances and and in the church? Yeah, I I would say um, it's changed for me when I realized Jesus talked more about money than anything else, um, because mm. money can have such a hold on us, and it's a discipleship issue, really, when it comes down to it. And a lot of times we want to just compartmentalize our faith from our politics or from our finances or whatever that might mean, but it's holistic. And so I learned about more of the holistic gospel and life of discipleship and finances are something that have a grip on people. And so uh, a lot of times uh, people want to give and be generous. They just don't know how because they're in uh, Mm. debt and they don't have the freedom to do it. And so uh, really thinking about it in terms of don't just preach and tell people to do it, but really giving them the tools and bringing them along in how to do it. And, you know, Andy Stanley talks about this preach, teach and celebrate. And I think model as well. And so I knew that I had to model this. And so one of my stories is, you know, I came out of I went I didn't have my parents. I was the first one in my family to graduate college. Um, like you, I got the GI Bill because I didn't have my family didn't have money to pay for my college. And even with working and then ended up going to seminary, I still had debt. And so, um, but God yet called me to give even while I had debt. And so learning to, uh, you know, save in what I had, learning to apply any extra gifts, birthday, Christmas to my debt. And of course, first fruits giving to God helped me to get debt free, which is amazing but um, if you don't start now, even with maybe a smaller salary, you'll never do it. It never gets easier. And yeah. so the the hardest part is when you start, like like working out and exercising. I can't think of anybody starting to work out saying, oh, man, I love this. No, they're sore. It's hard. You're learning new disciplines. And it's not something you're used to. And I think the more you do it, the more you get in a rhythm and enjoy it. And that's generosity and giving and just financial stewardship. Yeah. One of the things that, um, that I think a lot of our friends who are listening, um, may wrestle with is they're they've got the both the debt and they've got limited cash flow and yet they hear people like you guys and like me talking about this call to generosity um Callie w- what are the first kind of practical steps to being generous when it doesn't feel like you have any extra money that's a great question Tony I'd say the first thing is just and figuring out where am I going to start? What is the portion of that income that I'm going to give? Um, You know, the Bible talks a lot about tithing 10%, but there are a lot of folks that say, I'm not there. Well, I'd say start somewhere. Like you don't have to, you know, if, if you, if if you can just go all in, go, go at least at 10%, maybe you want to go more than that, but pick someplace, pick a percentage and start. And then we've tried to increase our giving, you know, just 1%, each year 
And then it's amazing how all of a sudden it just starts to grow. And then it starts to be fun because then you're like, oh, that percentage as if your income grows, then all of a sudden you're able to give more away. And that gets really fun because then you're like, wow, this this makes a huge impact wherever I'm going. And part of it too is then building a budget. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do a budget. That just sounds miserable. That sounds so constricting and confining. And I give the analogy, you know, if you don't budget, it's like throwing your money up in the air and hoping it lands where you want it to go. I mean, what are the chances of it ending up in the right place? A budget's just intentionally saying, no, I want this amount to go for giving, this amount saving, this amount's going for my rent or my mortgage, this amount's going for debt, like intentionally planning where you want to go. But then make a plan for what happens with some of those extra pieces of income, whether it's a gift for birthday or Christmas, whether it's a tax refund, whether it's, you know, you're going to sell some stuff. I mean, that can be a great way to help get out of debt too, is if you've got some unused possessions that have worth and value and maybe you sell them and use that amount to start paying down on things. Or maybe you pick up some odd jobs here and there and intentionally say, this money is going to go for X, Y, Z. And then you just start working at it. I mean, you got to get a plan first, but then you got to put it in place and then you check it. You know, uh, budgets aren't set in stone. Um, That's the nice thing. You can say, well, that didn't work. I can't live on $15 a week for food. I need a little more than that to eat. I'm starving. And so then you say, okay, now let's move some money around. Where can I make adjustments? And sometimes it really does take a lifestyle change. Um, And some of it, too, is checking to see where the money is actually going now. Is it going for things that line up with your values? I remember when I was um, single and we'd get together with friends, we'd go out to eat and I'd want to go out and eat with my friends. But I realized a lot I was spending a lot of money on it. And I was if I just switched to buying ordering water, I could save a lot of money, still spend time with my friends, but get my eating out budget back in line with where it needed to be. I love that. I, and I, I love the way that you kind of tie it to values. And I think that that's a big part about uh, the resource that you guys are putting out here with Money Talks is is you kind of really dive into this idea about what what our money says to us versus what God says to us. Um, Roz, I'm, I'm curious in your experience, how do we uh, discern the difference between um, you know a, a cultural voice or a money voice versus God's voice when it comes to what we should be doing? Yeah, I would say um, when we want to make purchases or we're chasing the almighty dollar, um, it comes to an issue of idolatry. And so does it own us or do we own it Um, or do we steward it because it all belongs to God? And so uh, when we feel the chase of earning more income so we can buy more stuff, that doesn't help. Um, doesn't help in the least bit, but perhaps uh, when we decide, okay, we're going to put God first in our lives, uh, you know, those resources, then we realize don't belong to us. They all belong to God. And because of that, we can steward it effectively. And so I think it's a matter of perspective. Um, Do we let it own us or do we run ourselves ragged in trying to earn income? Because I know people that earn a lot of income, they're running themselves ragged and yet they have a lot of debt and they're not happy about it either. They're never home with their Mm. families. They've created such a, um, they're trying to provide or sustain their lifestyle 
when they don't have to have all the stuff that they have or go on all the trips that they go on and still live a let live a happier life. Yeah. What is the tension from your guys's experience between being a driven, ambitious Christian and being a generous Sabbath Christian? Cause it, as I hear you guys talking, I'm like, man, I kind of want that. But I also really like, I really like to work. I really like to make money. I'm not even afraid to say that, right? Like, I, I mean, I like to be able to provide. I like nice things. I love all the tech gear, you know, like I, I, how do we live in that tension? Well, Callie, any thoughts on that? A big thing I know is, for me is praying about if I'm supposed to do something or not. I mean, it might be a great opportunity. It might pay a lot of money, but just checking back in and saying, God, am I supposed to do this or am I not supposed to do this? Uh, one of the books that's influenced with me and Raz a lot is Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And in it, it talks about developing a rule of life. Like what are the different things you're going to do work-wise with God, with your family in different areas. And um, in the book, we actually talk about, well, what does it look like to develop a rule of life for your finances too? What does that look like as far as how you're going to earn, how you're going to save, how you're going to spend and how you're going to give. But on the earning, on the working side, um, you know, family's important for us. And if we impact a lot of people, but our kids grow up and walk away from the faith because they saw us prioritizing the church over them, I'm, I'm going to feel like a major failure and mm. not, not that it's all on me. Like God's got my kids and I've got to keep surrendering them to God, but there's a lot of, okay, God, here's a great opportunity that could impact a lot of people, but is this an opportunity you want me to say yes to or no to? And um, one example might be, you know, Ross had the opportunity to do his doctorate at United Theological Seminary and the timing wasn't right, but they offered him a really generous scholarship. He said, I got to go now because I've got a scholarship. I said, Raz, if it's God, the resources will still be there. It was in a time where work was so busy because of stuff at the church. And he talked to the school and they said, yeah, we'll keep that scholarship for you if you start next semester. And it was just, you know, sometimes we say, well, we have to because they're asking. It's like, no, what's God saying? Mm. Hmm. And, and um, to add I'm, to that, yeah, I want to add something, um, kind of a good litmus too. So sometimes it's for pure enjoyment, right? We have, you have, I like technology, you do, um, you know, some of that's for pure enjoyment, but sometimes, you know, with my ego, I have to ask myself, am I still going to make this purchase even if nobody else sees it? Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a good <laughs> and, and so... Roz, I don't need that kind of conviction in my life, brother. You know, it's Amazon Prime days right now. I don't need that. I don't need that nonsense. So, you know, think about the car you drive to uh, the clothes you wear to all those things. It's and I started, you know, thinking about that and it is really convicting. Uh, So some of it's for pure enjoyment. Others of it is, uh, you know, ego or wanting attention. I think it's holding everything in proper perspective where, again, it doesn't control us. Um, you know, all like the Apostle Paul says, all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that's um, probably a good word for a yes, lot Yes, I of could us. have all the... 
I could have all the gadgets, but do I really need the latest iPhone every time it comes out? Um, I don't, I don't need it, but I want it and, uh, you can justify it. And so that's, yep. It's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, throughout our book, we, um, incorporate a lot of John Wesley's teachings. And one of the stories from John Wesley that really impacted us in the writing of this was kind of his pocketbook conversion, if you will, where he, he said, okay, I've got to serve God with my finances. He, Finally, after growing up in a big family where finances were already stretched thin, he finally had a salary of his own and he had his own place and he had bought these nice new pictures for the wall and he was so excited about them. And then the chambermaid came to the door and she was wearing this ragged thin covering and it was freezing cold. So he reached into his pocket to give her something to be able to buy a coat and he realized he didn't have enough money and Mm. God convicted him. He's like that those pictures are what could have saved that woman from the cold. And he determined to completely shift his finances. So he started out with his salary. And I think his first salary was like 30 pounds. And so he said, I'll live on 28. I'm going to give two. But then he kept with that budget and his generosity as his um, resources expanded. He didn't expand his standard of living. He expanded his standard of giving to the point where he was given away like 98, 99% of his income by the end of his life. His income had expanded, but and he was able to just give generously back to the kingdom and saw the incredible impact there just by continuing to live a simple life, um, prioritizing the essentials, but not um, not going overboard and being disciplined, but being um, lavish and excessive with generosity. Yeah, that's a that's beautiful imagery. So I, I love this idea of... of- um, radical generosity of, you know, kind of this aspirational part of, of being able to give back so fully. And, and I know that that's what you guys want for this resource. My listeners love to pray. So I'm curious, as Money Talks gets out into the world, how specifically can they be praying uh, for this important work uh, and for you guys? Oh my goodness. I love that question because I love prayer too. And I'll just share my prayer for this resource is that God will just use it to impact the kingdom, that God will use it to free people up from greed, um, from consumerism, and just set people free financially to follow God's call wherever that leads. I mean, when you are free financially, if God says, go here, do this, we can go. We can do, we can say yes to God. And not that we shouldn't if our finances aren't where they should be, because God often says, go anyway, I'm going to take care of it. But when we're faithfully stewarding our resources, we can just serve God alone. Roz, addition to that? Yeah, I would say um, maybe you pick up the book and you give it to your pastor or your church and it's a great for a group study or even a series to go through with uh, a spouse or a friend or family. Um, so I think you could do it in the context of community as well mm. and have some accountability on, you know, the certain aspects of where you want to get to, whether it's income or debt reduction or generosity or, even how you spend your money. Um, maybe you're staying within budget, but you're still, um, you know, pretty frivolous. So 
having that accountability. And so we, we want to make, we wanted to make it accessible and it's very readable and accessible to everybody. Yeah. My hope is that people would actually do something as a result of reading it, that they wouldn't say, Oh, that was such a good book. I want them to actually do something with the words in that, that they would live closer to God. I was talking to a friend at church on Sunday and, Oh, it just made my day because she said, Callie, I've decided to start tithing. I've never done it before. I'm really scared, but I feel like God's calling me to do it. And so I'm going to do it. And I just said, I just celebrated because I said, God's going to get all the glory and God's going to take care of it. And you're going to have such an incredible testimony. And I said, I'll be praying for you because sometimes taking those first steps of faith and trying to turn around, like y'all give the analogy of working out, like those, the, so you get started, that's the hardest. But yeah. once you get going and see God moving, you, you don't want to stop. No, I love it. I love it. Those are, those are good prayers. Uh, Roz, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about your other new project, your podcast. <laughs> Tell everybody, uh, you know, I'm a podcast junkie and I'm a faithful subscriber. Tell everybody about your podcast and, and where they can pick it up at. Well, I blame you first and foremost for it because you had been uh, encouraging me to do it for a while. And as Callie and I have been working together more on this level, we thought it would be natural to do that. And so it's the Better Together podcast with Callie and Roz Picardo. And you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you listen pretty much to any kind of podcast so you can pick it up there and we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes uh for sure so that everyone make sure that you pause this podcast right now and go subscribe to their podcast and uh it, it's you'll you'll really enjoy it there but they're about 20 minutes typically ish and they're just they're kind on of, the shorter side yeah yeah they're practical they're super um they're super fun because Roz and Callie have such a great relationship that you guys play off each other really well so so I'm, I'm thankful that God's going to use you guys in that regard as well as this writing. Uh, where else can my listeners go to hook up with you guys all over the interwebs? Where's the best place to start? Well, I am on Facebook at rev.roz is my handle. Um, same thing, I believe, for Twitter and Instagram. I got to even look it up. That's sad. That's a, we can link to it in the show notes. Yeah. R. Picardo or my website, rosariopicardo.com. Got it. Callie, anywhere online for you? I'm Callie.Picardo on Facebook. I was actually just checking it because I never pay attention just because I'm one of the only Callie Picardos out there. It's not a normal combination of names. but uh, And then also I've got deeprootsfinancialcoaching.com is my financial coaching website. And yeah out and about there. And you, and you guys, you guys do uh, some personal coaching. If people are, are struggling with this kind of stuff, they can reach out to mm-hmm. you for, for help. And if you want a sermon series in your church, uh, all the resources, the Picardos have everything that you need to make this happen. So there, there's no reason for you leaders out there not to do that. If you've been thinking about a sermon series or a really just a shift in the thinking. Uh, okay. Last question. Is going to publish Go ahead. Uh, four of our sermons that we wrote. Um, based on each chapter, along with graphics, sermon series, bumper, uh, and weekly socials as well. So that's free. Pastors and churches can grab that for free. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Um, Okay. Last question. 
it's an advice question. It's a question I always love to ask people. And uh, it's an advice question where you give yourself one piece of advice. And since you're both here, I have a unique opportunity to take you back to a very specific moment. So walking into the second date, the, the actual, the first real date, not the coffee shop meeting slash dates. Uh, if you could go back and give your younger version one piece of advice, the younger version of yourself, one piece of advice, what would it be? Roz, you get to go first. Uh, I would say not to move so fast mm. because I'm a fast, I'm a fast mover. And um, I, I would say that's probably the best, best thing I could have done because when I want something or I'm set on something, I go after it, which is, can be a good thing, but can be much at times for folk. And so uh, with Callie probably caught her off guard. And so I'm, uh, I'm glad uh, she didn't back away, but it could be overwhelming. I'm glad you didn't give up. Callie, what about you? <laughs> Oh, I would, I think I'd give my current self the same advice I would give my younger self because I feel like it's an ongoing journey of learning for me, but not to be afraid and to mm. be willing to take God-sized risk because if God calls you to something, God's going to provide and not that it's not going to be hard or challenging, but it's going to be exciting along the way and the growth and the impact. Um so, yeah, I would tell both my younger and my current self not to be afraid to take God-sized risk. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for your generosity today. Thank you for uh, putting so many great resources out for the church and for all of us who are just trying to follow God a little bit more. So thank you. I deeply appreciate it. Well, and Tony, hey, thanks for having Tony. Us. As a gift to your listeners, um, we'll provide a 20% off coupon code for the book if anyone wants to order it as our gift to you all. And thanks so much for having us here. Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get that out in as many hands as possible. So 20% off. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. I told you guys, what a great conversation. I feel like I say that every week, but I am truly blessed and humbled at the conversations I get to have with the leaders that I get to have them with. And Rosario and Callie are some of the best leaders I know. Make sure to pick up the copy of their book, follow them all over the, the social media and the interwebs, and let them know that you heard them here on the Reclamation Podcast. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review on iTunes, and if you haven't done it yet, check out our podcast network, spiritandtruth.life. We're a ministry of spirit and truth. We love being connected with them and all the, the ways that we get to advance the kingdom of God together. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move. <laughs>